Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. So today we're going to dive a little bit into our recent trip to Maryland. Um, if you're, you know, as of when this podcast is coming out, it's also the, the, the day that episode one premieres. It's just a mini series. We got yeah. the opportunity recently to get down there and play some terrific golf courses. It was a nice mix too, because we played two private courses and one public course. In fact, the public course was the number one public course in in the state yeah and it was pretty it sure was uh -huh. it's also a pete die i love mm -hmm. playing a pete die we're going to walk you guys through a little bit of that we also got to play argyle country club which is a nice private club um really not too far from washington dc yeah place i've never been yep and then woodmont woodmont country club which was an absolutely fantastic experience it's also one of the qualifying tracks for this year's u.s open mm -hmm. uh just a sidebar believe it or not it's the second uh, of the U.S. Open qualifying courses that we got to play this year. We were really fortunate. We also played Canoebrook. It was like a two-week stretch we did both those, too. Right. It was right. crazy. We got to play two of the courses, uh, and we played Canoebrook as part of our Road to Pine Valley series, which is coming up towards you know the end of the summer. So stay tuned for that as well. But it was cool having our own kind of firsthand on-the-ground insight of some of these U.S. Open qualifying courses and what they're like, how different they are mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And also from for guys like us who are, you know, a 10 handicap around that area to experience the courses that these guys are going to be playing, trying to win their way into the U.S. Open. You know, I say that in hindsight, we're actually recording this uh, a couple of days ahead of the U.S. Open um, because we've got some travel and other things planned for next week. But regardless it was it was interesting to get to that unique experience of playing two u.s open qualifying courses um but it, we're in a minute too speaking of u.s open we'll do some of our own picks for the for the u.s open but let's let's dive into this maryland trip a little bit um first you know mike you let's know tell us how it. that kind of came about so a friend we met through our the lexus and links event down in seattle which by the way still goes down as one of my favorite trips me too you know, Sea Island's I mean, a place I want to get sea back Island to. Sea Island is a special place. Yeah. You know, it's a place I think that needs to be visited once a year, minimum. Um, but when we went down there, we met our, our new friend now, Zach, uh, as part of that team. And he lives down in Maryland. He belongs to Argyle Country Club. He loves our channel. You know, we connected so quick, you know, on that trip. Instant Such friendship. Like, we Instant. really hit it off. We, mm -hmm. we actually got, we we met him down there. We had dinner, but then we, we paired up to play 18 holes uh, at Sea Island. And it was just one of those things, like, it just, you know... We were, just how it we were having fun. It was really, it was great. Right. Out there. And he said, come on down. And, and he kind of set up this itinerary for us. So we kicked it off at Argyle, his yep. club, um, three and a half hour drive. Pretty cool. Really not that shockingly not that bad from New York to drive down there. Right. And, uh, it was cool. You know, we got, we really tried to, it was only a very short trip and we really tried to embrace Everything we could that was like that Maryland and and DC area. We even went to a national game one yes, night. Yes, we did, which was really that was cool. great. I mean, we had awesome seats. That skybox. We got to go in the skybox, and this is all like I said through connections and friends with Zach, who just introduced us to, to some other people down there. Just a really fun, friendly crew. Mm. Um, so we got a little bit of everything. You know, we we didn't do the full tour tourist thing we never we never do the full tourist thing go stand outside the white house and take our picture yeah like you know that's we didn't that. quite we don't. get there we never eat like the local food of the place <laughs> we were talking on the way down we talk a big game getting yeah. crab cakes the minute i get there don't touch them you know <laughs> well, we do we that everywhere we go having the time you know we're running sure. from one thing to the next it's more chick-fil-a which one's better but, but yeah. <laughs> speaking of like starting off with with argyle so argyle um fun fun club there you know we it was it was challenging i struggled playing that day one of my best rounds of the year uh, yeah it's just like always we're hot and cold 
One of us is good. One of us is bad. It always happens. But you started off really hot. Yeah, I mean, the first hole was a double bogey. So like, but no, after, I mean, like, no, but after that, yeah. after like two, three, four, five, it just it was par, par, par. We started to click. I think I shot an eighty-two, yeah. and the rain came down. Um, but what I liked about this course because it's there was a lot of different views. Like some parkland courses, every hole could just be the same. You get to the tee box, it's tree line, green, tree yeah. line, green. This, like, I'm thinking coming up 16, and when you get to 17, you get, you're just wide open. You see that beautiful, you see one, you see 18, and you see the whole clubhouse. Like, everything opens up, and that happened multiple times there. It was like the fourth hole, par five. On the green, you turn, you could see all that, too. Yeah. So, architecturally, I thought the place was was awesome. We had food beforehand. The food was great. Yeah. It was just an overall great country club experience. It really was. And, and challenging, too. Lots of undulations yes, when we were out yes. there. Uh, I'm I'm not remembering what hole it was, but I still remember there was that one. It was like a shorter par four, and uh, everybody came up short of that little tiny green that was protected in front by bunkers. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I even pulled extra clubs, seeing everybody come up short, and I came up short in the bunker. There was something about that approach shot that just so deceived the eye. And we was were at eleven. It, it, I don't. I don't I mean, know. Was that the one that Mike thought he drove the green, but was like fifty short? I made no. birdie on that one. No. Yes. That was the that feast drivable par four. Yeah. On the you back. went driver, I think putter. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Of course. Of course you did. Like driver Texas wedge. But um Oh man. You know, it, it's it was one of those things that like um I I saw everybody coming up short and I just I thought I made the changes but it was just still end up coming short so it's like you know those first time you play a golf course woes that you just never yeah mm -hmm. you, you always feel like ah, I, I I'm gonna put that in the mental bank for next time if I get a chance to play it again totally and yes. just know it and having that course knowledge makes all the difference but also it was of our trip it was probably the one bad yeah, I say bad it mm. wasn't terrible but bad weather day where you had that little had bit of rain like blowing it out yeah, we had a brief moment of hail, but it was never downpouring. Yeah, no, it was never downpouring. By the way, fourth hole. Fourth hole, you were in the left rough, and you, you took more club. You still came up yes. short. You ended up in the bunker. That's right. Oh, yeah. was that the really uphill one? You had like hit like a, a hybrid off the tee. Yes, It was yes. a huge rolling. Yes. Like you went, you had a huge Sorry. hill, then it went downhill, then it went a valley. That would have killed me if I didn't up. remember that. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so we all we all came up short, but then after that, I think that follow was that really nice part par three, three over the we water. We stuck it. We both did. We Made both par. played that one really well. But that's the, the vibe of Argyle. There mm. was a nice mix of rolling terrain, difficult shots that you're going to have, water features mixed in in yep. different spots. I think it was, what was the par five down the hill? Was that 10? Where they had the, the water came out so far, they put a red stake. No, that was 11. Or no, that was actually 12. 12. That yes, 12. 12. We were both right. Okay. We had to punch back. Yep. So for example, that was an example of one of like sneaky ways you can get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And and thankfully, they, because the water, it's it's hidden by the undulations. Thankfully, they put this big red stick there and it would just be like, guys, that's how far the water comes out. Yep. Mm -hmm. But um, just a lot of pretty holes, a lot of spots where we just, you know, pop out the camera, take a picture. But it was a, it was a good way to kick off our, our trip. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was a great way because when I describe country clubs, there's country clubs like I like on steroids like Woodmont. Woodmont's yeah, on steroids. You know what I mean where it's you're going there on I mean, but then you have Argyle which I feel like it's more of a friendlier club, it's a smaller club, but I feel like that's a place that I can go and just play golf and have fun. I got you know, the vibe there that it's a players there. club. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. and a lot of the guys that we were chatting with were the guys who'd be like this is the perfect spot to get out, play fast, yep. they'll get their round in in two and a half hours on the weekend or whatever, exactly. be back home type of thing. Yeah. And you could kind of get your fix, go out there and play. Um 
It was a very playable course. It was a fun course. Uh, so you guys will have to wait to see in the video a little bit more about what you know what we did while we were out there. There was I, a lot I, of great shots. Including I had one miracle shot. 16th hole, man. One miracle shot. Maybe was, the greatest shot that Frank's ever had. It might be. It and be. it's funny sometimes. You, you, you change your game depending on the conditions. And as I mentioned earlier, I was playing really just not well that day. I was not playing. And at one point, the kind of the score got away from me. And I'm like, I'm not going to shoot what I want. You don't play well after a four-hour car ride? Nah. Tend no? to not play well after a four-hour <laughs> car ride. So I'm just like, all right, well, you know, it was one of those shots. I, I was in the woods. I never, and there was a little little window in the trees where I could kind of try to put it through to get to the green. And I'm like, any other time, if I had a good score going, mm -hmm. I'm not trying that shot, which is so interesting. It's so interesting. Because if I had a good round going, I punch that thing back out to the fairway and then try to get it on the green and either make my par bogey worse. Right. Right. But mm -hmm. here, I literally remember being like, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, at this point, I am way past where I want to be as far as the score goes. Let's just have some fun here. <laughs> And I guess sometimes when you got nothing to lose, you don't you don't have no fear. Yeah. So you that's just, how I play all eighteen, <laughs> right? <laughs> the most from part. the first swing, he's playing like he's got nothing to lose. Exactly, right? Well, in a way, you know what? What do we have to lose? We're not qualifying for the U.S. It's Open. It's true, you know. It's true. But I know, I, just me personally. Let me know if you guys are similar or dissimilar to this in the comments. But I definitely will have a certain strategy that go out there to play, and then that strategy, if I'm not playing well, can go out the window, and I just like. I cut loose a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you could try new things. And yep. that was a cut loose, and it worked out. Let's put it that and way. What's funny about that shot is because, yes, you had to pull it off, but punching back to the fairway, you know damn well that you still would have had like 170 home, so yes. you had to get it close to even make par. You probably most likely, percentage-wise, would have made bogey. But because you pulled that shot off, you ended up putting for birdie, and you made par. Right, but the way the way my mind thinks, there's probably a 5% chance I pull that shot off. Of course. I pulled that shot off, way right? It. Right, right. But as I, I've been working very hard on this this year is playing smarter golf. Mm -hmm. and, but when I say smarter, what I mean is avoiding big numbers more so than making low numbers. Yep. Okay. So I look at something like that and I immediately would say the way I've been playing now, if I hit a bad shot off the tee, you hear the old quotes, like don't follow a bad shot up with a stupid shot. Right. right? That was what a I recipe played, for a stupid that shot. That was a recipe yeah. for a stupid shot. So. What I would normally do is play the the safe shot back out to the fairway. I mean, it's it's not exciting golf, mm -hmm. but it's it's it sure is better with a bogey on a scorecard than a triple bogey. Of course, but I would punch it back out and think, okay, I can reach the green now. If mm -hmm. I if I if I hit the green, I happen to make a putt, I still make a par. Yeah, even with a punch out. Yeah. Worst case, I get on the green and I you know two putt for for bogey. Mm -hmm. Or I'd say worst worst case would be I miss the green again and then I've got to up and down for my bogey. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Versus I'm you're in the trees and you try to you see that little hole and you try to punch it through. Yeah. You miss Worst that case hole. is it hits that it's a tree and it's gone somewhere. And now you're still now in you're the punching trees. Out. Right. Or, yeah. or it drops and you're playing the same shot again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like honestly, like the I the biggest change to my game, I've been playing some of my best golf since then. You know, some of my best scores. The biggest change in my game has just been this mindset change of being like, if I have a bad shot, I'm now firing for bogey on that hole. Yeah. And no worse. Right. I love Rather it. Rather than like, I made a bad shot. How can I make up for it? Yeah. Because I've always done that. Now I'm like, instead of how do I make up for it? Be like, how do I make bogey from here? It's so funny how we're so different. You're thinking, how do I make up for it? How do right? I make up for it right away? Right. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. Like it can, that can be such a and snowball rolling down the, the hill. Of course. 
For every hero right. shot we pull off, how many do we do that's the opposite? Right? Yeah, no, right. Because right. I'm thinking, like, yeah. if I shoot the mm -hmm. score I want to shoot. I was trying to think a, of a scenario where I didn't, but go ahead. As a 10 handicap, the score yeah. I would want to shoot, I, I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably going to make a, a couple of pars out here, five, six pars, right? Mm -hmm. So to make a good, sh a good score, it would just be not so much make even more pars or birdies, but just eliminate the doubles. Yeah, no, you're right. So I've been focusing more on eliminating the doubles than anything else. I love it. I anyway, love it. it's been working. Moving on, that much it has been working. Where we where we both had a uh, it was a tough test, but it was a fun test. Was the next day we played Bully Rock, yeah, which is a Pete Dye design. Really reminded us a lot of the other Pete Dyes we played. One, for example, is Pound Ridge here in New York. Very Pound Ridge feels. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, love, always, always, I say this every time we play a Pete Dye, but I love the different tee box options based on handicap. It's not just your standard, you know, red, white, and blue uh, tees. There's a five or six tee boxes there. It's really based on handicap. And, and I think Pete Dye, better than any other course designer, knows how to design hazards and landing areas that fit each ability level mm -hmm. and it's it's a remarkable if you stand on the different tee boxes and you think about who would be playing those tee boxes and how far they hit the ball how different hazards you know fairway bunkers things like that come into play from that tee box yeah pete's a smart guy right and uh -huh. it's not just like when you play a tee box ahead it takes all mm -hmm. of that out no he's got other hazards that are incorporated into that tee box so it was a, a gorgeous course a um, little bit of a drive north. We, we had to drive like an hour. Yep. And it was an early tea time. So yep. we were on the road at like five something. It was an early one. It was an early one. But but what was cool is if, if I brought you there, if you were an hour out of town guest and, and I lived locally and I brought you and I just, I, I lied and said, this was my club. You're my guest for the day. Would you think anything of it? Like that was a public course? Absolutely not. You would totally just believe me. Yeah. With the dining room, with the short game area. It, it is what it really truly is, which is like a, a, one of those like top at one point like it was ranked the top ridge. 100 yeah you know they have all the accolades on the wall when you're walking in mm -hmm. it's it's top public course in the state yep it's one of the With top good reason it's right. like one of the nicest public courses you know maybe like besides whistling that we've been to like i would yeah. put that up there very high yeah and that's what i'm saying like it felt that's why it feels like a, a significant event playing a place like that um and it's funny prior to that you and i hadn't even heard of the course have the one actually right here on the show when we had the busted jack guys a couple of weeks ago they're the ones who put us onto it right we said we're gonna be playing down there they, they're playing their uh their golf and old glory 50 states in 50 weeks and they put that was their spot for maryland mm -hmm. and like you guys gotta check out bully rock they loved it so we're like we're gonna check it out yep. um but mm -hmm. tough tough course um i just remember there was so many little spots like the fairways would run off into like the uh you know, a little areas where you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. The yeah. par threes were, were a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, we even got a little bit of insight from a guy who had who had played and caddied there for a long time, and he said it, it's just very interesting the way the wind works on the course and the way the the greens roll in certain spots. And there's certain spots that if you just don't know them, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. There's quick in different spots, yeah. but it was it's a true test. And I would I, say like anybody who's in around that area, and it was funny because like. A lot of guys we talked to hadn't played or heard of Bully Rock, and mm -hmm. they lived down there. 
And I'm thinking like, listen, if you're anywhere within an hour or two driving distance of, of that spot, it's one of the ones you got to check out. Yeah. I tell people that all the time here with Pound Ridge. It's about an hour and 20. Yep. So if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, go check out Pound Ridge. I think it's Pete Dye's only public course in the state of New York. Yeah. It's it one of only, only two total courses. There's a private Pete Dye out on Long Island, I believe. Yeah. But other than that, New York doesn't have many. And I'm sure Bully Rock is Pete's only public, if at all, in the state of Maryland. I would imagine. Yeah. So, so I mean, that that was a, a true experience. And, and I would have loved to go, I'd A, love to go back and play it. And if I played it again, it'd be great to start on hole one. We started on 10. Yes. 10 was a tough hole to start. I think the back nine was hard. It they had was. that long one. I remember hitting three wood off the fairway at one point at the first hole out of the gate. Yes. Um, and then we, when we made the turn and I went to one, I almost drove the green. Yes. So I don't know what's up with course designers, but like giving us these easy holes out of the <laughs> gate. It's pretty cool. I'll take it. But um, what's some of your favorite moments? Because we've, we've actually, we played really well. I think things started to click. There was a lot of birdies. And one of the moments for me, and I'll let you go, is, is your shot on, I believe it was our ninth hole, the 18th hole. When you had water all left, and that was that long par four. Yes. And you needed a good drive and like, what was it, two bills to get home. Yep. And you just stuck it on the green. No, yeah. No doubt. That one felt good. Yeah. It was, that and was a nice there's one. There's certain ones like that, the two, like, you really talk about adjusting your game. You really adjust out there, too, with like how you're playing that day. You yeah. know, uh, if, if certain things weren't working, my swing wasn't feeling good, I would never have tried that because there's so much trouble. There's yeah. so much water on the left Dead side left. and things like mm -hmm. that. So it really depends. But I just remember like uh, the, what stuck out in my head there was a lot of the par threes. There was yeah, they were pretty par threes. Mm -hmm. There's one I remember I got myself in trouble with like that water and waste to the right mm -hmm. and i went off to, but yeah. there, there was a lot of interesting stuff you 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 saw the real pete die signatures out there working the railroad ties in gotta That's love something it that pete Signature. always does you know and you saw that in a lot of areas but again that i think that course is one that really stood out and impressed me far more than i expected that it was going to yeah my biggest takeaway is the short game area you don't see those yeah. things too often the caliber of that short game area, different tee boxes to different greens. It was like a mini Big Cedars Lodge out in Missouri, like real mini. Yeah. That you could just go out there and, and get your feel right before you go over to the first tee. You got to respect that in general. And any type of public course when they've got a really good warm up and practice mm -hmm. area. And I think the same Pound Ridge, Pete Dye's got one worked in there. Um, There's just, no driving range. Was that Billy Rock? I don't think. <laughs> I don't remember if there was one or we just didn't get to experience it. I wouldn't even it. saw it. I don't think there was because the, the short just, game area kind of was surrounded by that 18th hole and the 10th hole. And there was so no, there was no real like there might, space There might not it. have been. I mean, we we just had the misfortune. Like you said, it was such an early morning. We were running and gunning. Yeah. And we didn't get an opportunity mm. to. But, you know, either way, great experience. So let's do this. Let's do a quick break. Let's do a word from the sponsors. And then I, I want to talk about Woodmont. Because Woodmont was another one that very pleasantly surprised us. I can't believe how big that club is. Uh -huh. um, and then we'll even maybe touch on some of our early picks for the U.S. Open. Done. Let's All do right. it. All right, guys. The hours have been put in. The work has been done. And as the moment approaches, you either fear it or you feel it. For Titleist, it's a moment filled with pure anticipation. The culmination of relentless pursuit of speed in every form. So step up, settle in with confidence. The Titleist TSR 
is here. And those new TSR drivers, they take everything that made the TSI the number one driver on tour, and they're packing even more performance in every head, from new phase technologies to CG improvements and aerodynamic refinements. When everything moves the needle, you're moving at Titleist speed. So go to Titleist.com to learn more about the TSR medals and schedule your fitting today. That's Titleist TSR find your faster. And big thanks to FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf, because they offer the widest selection of sizes, styles, and performance options of any golf shoe on the market. So some of our favorites recently have been the Premiers, as always, and even their newest version, the Wilcoxes. I've been wearing those a lot. Love them. The Hyperflex, the Hyperflex Carbon. Love the colors on those things, the pink on the bottom with the yellow. They just really stand out out there, and they're super comfortable. I mean, we wore them throughout our entire Myrtle series. And on days where you pay 36, I mean, the feet are what take most of the uh, the brunt of all the work out there. So these things were lights out. I highly recommend checking out those Hyperflex and the Hyperflex Carbons. And I can't discount the FootJoy Fuels. Those have been around a little while, but we've been wearing them. We love them. And again, I love the colors on them. So take a look at the entire lineup and trust the brand that's been number one forever. Trust your game to FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf. All right, guys, it's going down this week in Los Angeles, and we've teamed up with DraftKings for an exciting offer for the big tournament. That's right. New customers who sign up and deposit $5 or more will receive an odd boost to add plus 1000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win the tournament's minimum $5 deposit, maximum $10 bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use our promo code GOLFICITY when signing up to take advantage of this offer. So good luck, everyone, and enjoy the tournament. Guys, Rapsodo yesterday, in fact, just announced that the E6 Connect is now available for their MLM2 Pro unit, and we've been using the Rapsodo for a long time now, and we love the device. We've loved the device forever, and here it is. So super portable, you can just take it apart like this. Pack it up in your little case that's in your bag. Take it to the range. Of course, we've talked about it forever, the fact that you can improve and enjoy your range sessions. But beyond that, the fun of E6, and Frank, you and I were looking at all the courses that are available today. Yeah, E6 is, the, is really Incredible. the news that everybody's been waiting for. So we we had done a lot of testing when the Rapsoda MLM 2 Pro first came out and really verified just how accurate it is. So now that you've got an accurate uh, launch monitor, the next thing is how can I then turn that into the simulator that I've always wanted? Mm -hmm. And I think the pairing of the two E6 is probably hands down the best graphics and most realism when it comes to a simulator. So now being able to put this together with E6, you're really now crossing into that line where we've all really waited for for years to come now where legitimately many of us can now have a really valid home golf simulator that's affordable. Yep. The price on this thing is tremendous at only $799. You realize that you pair that with E6. It just really is something that we could have only dreamt of years ago. So definitely check this out. Go to rapsodo.com. Check out the new MLM2 Pro. And if you've got your new MLM2 Pro, you can rejoice in knowing yeah. now that the E6 Connect is there. So update your app. You get to dive into it. Uh, and like, like I said, there is going to be a lot of fun to be had with this thing coming up real soon. So go check that out. All right, guys. So getting back to it. So so Woodmont was the uh, the final stop on our mini series. And again, you're going to see all this in the coming weeks. We're going to release these one episode per week uh, for three weeks. And um, Woodmont was one that we knew was going to be a treat um, just because of the caliber of the club. The other thing that we, we had planned to do while we were there is link up with uh, Trillium Rose, who's um, not only a top 100 golf instructor, um, she also was 
Barack Obama's swing instructor yeah. while he was a sitting president. How cool is that? How cool yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. And and we actually got to chat with her a little bit. We met with her at Woodmont and got to chat with her a little bit about it. And she was just saying just the logistics of even, of giving a sitting president a swing lesson. Yeah. Uh, a lot and, goes into it. Right. And yeah. just saying like just with the, the – um, Secret Service and having them around and all that and like ambulance on ambulance staff at all ambulance. times and it just even like the rules around like how close you can get to a president. Can you imagine like giving a lesson and being worried like can can I touch him? Can right. I move? Like, what is can grip? I do? Can right. I do that? You know what I mean. So she had some great insight in that. We did actually a mini uh, series of instructional content with her, which was just really great. Both of us helped us dramatically. Big time. I think it'll help you guys too. We're gonna we're gonna put those out as well, but. As part of this, um, we got to go out there and play Woodmont. Now, Woodmont has two courses there. We got to play the North, which is also the one that was the U.S. Open qualifying course. Mm. And wow, I mean, stunner. Stunner of Stunners. I mean, beautiful. Huge shout out to Baker, by the way. Baker. He was yeah. our host that our day. Our host. And he took us around the court. And, and Baker saved me a lot of strokes. Yeah, he sure did. He there sure was Because there was a lot of... Um, member knowledge yeah. he's like just trust me don't aim for the green like there's one hole yeah. he's like hit it over there it's going to bounce off that hill and it's going to roll down to the exactly. green it's a little member yeah. bounce it's what we do you mm-hmm. know what i mean They're like, great but um for the first thing that impressed us when we first showed up there was the scale of this place uh first of all i think there's like something 1300 members yeah, I think that number's right. It's a, it a massive big, big spot. Mm-hmm. So you've got the huge clubhouse. We had to we got to have lunch in there. It was on point. It was great. Huge training facility, which is where, you know, Trillium works out of. A range that's so big you're hitting in both directions from both sides. All there grass. There was another range. range. Full trackman range, too. Full trackman range, right. With the trackman technology, but right by the first tee, there was another short game range area with multiple greens. Yes. Separating the two a courses. A short game area. And on top of that, they had a little nine hole par three what course call called the loop. The loop. Which you could go out and called play. called the chirp. <laughs> I was thinking the cradle and the loop. I just mixed them together. Yeah. And somehow got the chirp. <laughs> <laughs> that math doesn't add up. Two plus two is five. Wow. What time is it today? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you got you got all those facilities. It's one of those places that like could be like a, a dream membership spot. Even like we got to like pop our head in there, Zach, before we hit the road. The the clubhouse. I mean the the locker oh, room. My God. The locker room was they dope. had a full on dry sauna. Yep. Hot tub, wet sauna, so steam room. Yeah. And it was just unbelievable i haven't seen i've been to a lot of clubhouses working for you guys i've never seen anything quite like this it was just they had it dialed in if i was ever 1300 members 36 holes yeah i agree like i could spend hours in the locker room alone yeah you know it's like a spa and they also had everything else they had like tennis they had pickleball like it's like an awesome they were redoing the pool like places designed for you to just spend the whole day there for sure be there all summer you know so but the course itself tough course how to know your spots and one of the member main features that i remember was a lot a lot of the fairway bunkers and greenside bunkers had where the fairway the tight grass was mowed right up to them and then there was a little ledge just a drop off just intentional you could think you're hitting the fairway and the ball's rolling and it just will roll into infinity the bunker yeah like, it's almost like an infinity bunker it just like kind of <laughs> goes in but there was no there was no like long grass or rough Nothing. protecting it that might it check you fairway. up to the drop off. To the drop. And yeah. you would just end up in bunkers. Uh, but there were some cool water features out there. there cool were bridge, some- walking bridge on 17. That's and- a course that I was really bummed 
that we weren't able to fly drone. Being we were so close yeah, to Washington, D.C., the capital, uh, just yeah, it's a bummer. Absolutely no drone zone. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you take that drone up in the air, Secret Service is landing there, arresting you <laughs> yeah. on the spot. Well, interestingly enough, that's the other part of the story. Secret Service was there when we were there because casually, I mean, casually, casually, it wasn't like big pomp and circumstance. Like it wasn't like just like people were just mentioning it. Obama's out there. He's out there right somewhere. Now. You know, and we'd have no idea. You would we, have no idea. No idea. No. There was just two. Secret Service Suburbans parked like away from all of the other cars in their own spot. Yep. And um, you know, people just casually mentioning it. Yeah, Obama's getting his round in. He's, he's out not there even right a member now. There, but he's not. Even, yeah. Yeah. And just like <laughs> that was like the caliber of the place. You got an ex-president out there playing Which golf. Is, yes. With exactly. like eight Secret Service guys. And that's you just described that the the complete difference in the three courses that we played we had we had a public course but it felt like a country club but it was a a course where anyone can play then you had our woodmont which you probably in a million years anyone couldn't even sniff it because of the price and the caliber of it and then a place like argyle which is an affordable country club from what we heard that you could just go there and play great golf on a beautiful uh, course yeah it was three completely different it was that's the cool thing about the diversity we always talk about of golf in just a small area yep so we got we got to get our round in. We got to have a nice little lunch that we really enjoyed. That, like I said, you'll also you'll see all of that in the video. Um, but uh, what was the other thing I wanted to mention about Woodmont? It was just it was just an enjoyable day. But where I could see how it could be very challenging. That's what I wanted to talk about was for as a U.S. Open qualifier. Mm-hmm. There you could see it like like we and and as we got to watch some of the guys playing Woodmont and watch their scores rolling in online could gain a lot of respect for it because we played you know not even the back tees that day but there were additional tees for the because it's also a championship venue yeah where those tees probably only get play during championship events but you could still see the tee boxes and where those tee boxes were located i remember one par three i think it was like 230 235 or something difficult shot the tee box you know it's located in a whole other spot so mm-hmm. you're coming at the green from a whole other angle sure. makes the makes the landing areas and the targets even smaller we saw those out there and the few times it peaked back and i'm like wow that's tough you know that's tough so so that was cool stay tuned the maryland series mini series is coming out it's actually rolling out now i hope you guys enjoy it but that one was really fun but speaking of which i want to touch on this too before we kind of dip out is canoe brook so canoe brook this is back here in new jersey we played as part of the road to pine valley but what reminded me was u.s open qualifying plays and the tee boxes same type of thing the respect I have for these guys who are out there firing, you know, couple under par or even even par in these U.S. Open qualifiers is tremendous given the task ahead of them. Totally. I remember mm-hmm. we played it was I think it was the eighth hole at Canoe Brook. Uh, we played it at it was a par five. I think we played it at five hundred and thirty five yards. And there was a set of tee boxes that was at least seventy five yards behind. us. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So you're talking about six hundred plus yard par five. And. You know, no no shot was super easy out there. Um, there was it, it was a very interesting. Like as you worked your way up, there's a back nine stretch of holes that were up elevated, mm-hmm. beautiful holes up there. You really can nice. see so much of the golf course. Mm-hmm. But between that and Woodmont, two great tests of golf to hold U.S. Open qualifiers. Yeah, no doubt. I have a question no for doubt. you guys. Um, out of the two courses, if you had to qualify for the U.S. Open, which one would you try and Canoe play Brook at all day? Canoe Brook, Woodmont. 
held my head to the floor and just kept punching me in the, the back. I shot a 92 there. I shot an 82 at Argyle, 92 at Woodmont. But um, I feel like Canoebrook for me was a little more scorable for my game. Yeah. I felt more comfortable there. I don't know what it was. I think I would. Woodmont I felt would, long. Yeah, Woodmont was tough. And like I said, those those, those fairway bunkers that made it really tough. I, I think for me it depends. I, I think with the – with the right amount of course knowledge at Woodmont, you could get a little bit of a leg up on mm-hmm. the field. Um, I just learning that from the experience of just being out there and just seeing, you know, spots I wouldn't normally see if they like, yep. you know, hit it here, hit it there. If you know your spots, if you got a couple of good practice rounds in, I think you could get a little leverage on the field and the guys who didn't mm-hmm. at Woodmont. Uh, but Canoebrook, you know, that was a fun course too. The, I just remember one thing I remember at Canoebrook. Fast, fast greens. Yeah. Out of the two, I'd say Canoebrook's greens were faster. Faster, um, yeah, yeah. So you, it depends on if you like your green speeds really dialed up, Canoebrook's the spot for you. Out mm. of a lot of the courses that we've played recently, I would probably compare Canoebrook and Woodmont the most. Yeah. Like massive, beautiful clubhouse. They had all the amenities. 36 pickleball, holes. tennis, pool. Just really cool spot that I feel like that I could stay at forever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, They're both top tier country and clubs. And two 18 yeah. hole stretches that I believe are not very similar. Right. You know, yeah. so you, you could switch have up the like flavor. great diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top top tier country clubs all the way. Um, all right. So stay tuned for that. We got the Maryland series and the Road to Pine Valley, which we're going to be filming over the next couple months, and that'll be out later this summer. Before we wrap it up, though, I know we've got a little bit of time. Some of this stuff might change, but what do you say we really quickly run through? Do them live right now on DraftKings. Oh, you want to play some bets? Let's play some quick bets for the US Open. I'm going to try to piggyback off the success I had from the PGA. I'm going to go Brooks. I got a bet slip going here. Tell us about your PGA success. So I had a, a, I don't know if it was 10 or 15 bucks on Brooks to win outright. And then I had uh, a small bet on a, it was either Brooks or JT to win. I love those little prop bets, either Brooks or JT to win. I was like, all right, great. So Brooks won, and I had both those bets in. And the total, I think I spent 25 bucks. I won 330 Okay. It was easy. That's great. Easy. Yeah. So let's Welcome do, to park. Well, right now, because, <laughs> because of the fact that we are still, as of recording this, a week out from the U.S. Open, the only option we have right now is to pick the outright winner. That's it. So let's each throw a couple of bucks on an outright winner and tell you why you why you're picking him. So go ahead. You can you can have the first. All right. I'm going to stick with Brooks, and uh, I know he's hungry to win all these majors so he can get on the Ryder Cup. So I'm going to go 20 bucks on Brooks. And Brooks is at plus 1200 so right now. That could change. It's a 260 dollars payday if he wins. There you go. That's 10x my money. I love it. I'm taking Fitz for the for the defense because he's uh, 25 to one Fitzpatrick. So you're going to throw some on on both. Uh, Kipka yeah, I usually spread I spread the crumbs around. Okay. So when I go into it, I usually bet fifty bucks a week, like forty to fifty bucks a week. Okay. And I'll just sprinkle the crumbs around, and that's what I did with Brooks. I threw a little on speed that week, a little three bucks here, but then I ended up winning. So uh, my last pick is my. I love to do an ultra ultra long shot, and this is the. I know this is the event that Phil needs for the career grand slam. He's hot again on Twitter. He's bubbling. Ten bucks on Phil to win a thirteen hundred and ten bucks. <laughs> He's thirteen hundred to one. Thirteen hundred to one on Phil. I'm sorry, one hundred and thirty to one. I think that that's a great bet, especially yeah. with this news Breaking that just news. dropped while we were recording yeah. this that the PGA Tour might be merging with the uh, with Live. You know, might give Absolutely. him some added confidence and pep in his step this week. I it like totally it. could do twenty eight to one DJ, twenty five to one Cam Smith. I mean, 
There's a lot of there's a lot of good ones here. Cam uh, Young, thirty five to one. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I'm doing. What I'm gonna going take with? two guys who've had success in Cali before, and I think Oklahoma. could dial it up. No, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna throw a couple of bucks each on Xander Shoffle. Love it. And Colin Morikawa. Love it. I think they're two guys who could really play well here. I mean, I think if there's anything like as far as like a sister type of course to mm-hmm. it, it might be Riviera, which isn't far from there. Um, but it's a, it's a very unique style of golf. I love it. I, I like great I pick, like Xander, right and 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 if either one of them comes out, I'm walking away with about two hundred bucks. I'm going to put ten bucks on each guy on Xander and on uh, Morikawa. I love it, and you just reminded me with California guy. I know Homa likes to win in Cali. I'm doing my last ten on Homa. Okay, all right. So we got a couple bucks in there. Guys, we're going to see. You know, good luck anybody who's going to be uh, throwing a couple down for this this week on the U.S. Open. Uh, hopefully, you guys, you know, enjoy it. We've got a good podcast coming up for you next. We've got our big announcement of our own our own tournament yes. announcement. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. This one's going to be a big one. It's going to be the first time we're doing something really big, you know, as far as a tournament goes. So so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, thanks for watching. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you again next week.